This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 111, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says, love where you are and know where you are going. Joining me on today's show is Denise Walsh. Denise is a proud wife and mother. She's a former clinical psychologist, motivational speaker, and multi-million dollar earning entrepreneur. Denise started her career by working with families at a local mental health agency as a clinical psychologist, but she left the practice to pursue a successful career in the direct sales industry. She has found her calling inspiring others to go after their dreams and has helped more than a million people find their purpose and fulfill their God-given destiny. Now on today's show, Denise is going to share how to connect with your inner passions and your strengths to build the best team to support the rest. She's going to talk about how to get the best out of your team as well as how important it is to create community because community is the gel of an organization. So welcome to the show, Denise. Hi, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. I would love for you to share with us what made you transition from, you know, as we said, former clinical psychologist to then going after your dreams and or helping others to to go after their dreams and and building businesses within the direct uh, industry, direct to selling industry. What, What was the transition? Was it maybe starting a family? What was it for you? Yeah, well, I can tell you direct sales network marketing was certainly nothing I ever expected (laughs) myself to be in. I got into the field of psychology originally because I had that spark to help people. I was a camp counselor all through my college years, and I loved to help people grow. And I felt like psychology was the best way to do that. And so when I went into the field, I was really passionate and really excited about pouring into people. So when I graduated, I got my, my master's in clinical psych. I was in school for six years. You know, you get that first job and you're like off to change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so excited and ready. And then really it just did not take long for me to understand that my J-O-B was more about policy, paperwork, procedure than it truly was about people. And that big spark that I had slowly started to die. And I kind of started thinking things like, well, maybe this is just adulting. (laughs) Maybe this is just the way it goes. Uh, I kind of went through a quarter life crisis and I had to decide, do I 
live for the weekends or do I figure out something else to do? Yeah. Wow. And so did you stumble across an opportunity? How did that come across your path? Kind of. Um, Really, we I was in my small group at church and we were you know, talking, we were all kind of in this restless space, like we don't want to be here, but we don't know what else to do. And um, one of my friend's dad was the CEO of this company. And so we thought if we were ever going to do something like this, mm. to trust the family, to, you know, understand the products, all of that, uh, let's dive right in. And my husband, he um, has always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So yeah. he at that time was an aerospace engineer. And it sounds cool, but he was living in cubicle world and bored out of his mind. Mm. So he was excited to take a leap and try something new. And with this type of business, you can really get started in your spare time, part-time. So we were working our full-time jobs while building our business on the side for about three years and now have been full-time, both of us, within our company for over 10. Wow. So I'm assuming you're working in the same company? As you and your husband? Yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool because we've been able to take our strengths that we had, you know, what we were excited about previously in our other careers and transfer them here. So my husband does all the digital marketing, building websites, getting traffic, and then I get to do the people stuff. So I work with, train, lead, and create the culture and community within our team. Yeah. That's something that uh, what you just said is a conversation that I've been speaking about in the last couple of episodes and recognizing that often, you know, we have unique strengths and that's going to really really impart beautifully within the business but there can also be other areas where we're not so strong and and hiring people or obviously getting someone in the team I mean obviously if you're married and your husband and wife partnership in that that's even uh, more brilliant share a little bit more about then building that business you said that you were working uh, on this particular business that now has become your full-time work you did that for three years would you say that that was paramount giving yourself that time and space to build that solid foundation so that when you did transition to it full time, you weren't starting from scratch, but you'd had that solid foundation. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. I think that when we first got started, just like with anything new, we really didn't know what we were doing, what our wheelhouse was. Mm. Um, and, and we had a lot to learn. So we, we did, we learned, we did a little bit of everything, you know, we did expos and parties and referral programs. And this was before Facebook and social media. So uh, we did Google and Google ads. And we we really just kind of had to figure out our niche. And Mm. once we figured out our niche, we could really run. And so by the time we could our jobs, we were already making five figures a month within our company. And what's really, I mean, I, I say silly, but it's just part of the journey, right, is we were still scared. Yeah, we were still, you know, we built it up and we're thriving. But we were like, And and so it got to the point where we thought we were wasting time at work Mm. when we were wasting time at work because we could be building our business and we knew that was taking us somewhere we really wanted to go um, within six months, both of us quit. And actually, we started an Aussie team and spent six weeks in Australia uh, marketing the products there. And, and, you know, we kind of dove in and I have love that. Back yeah, so. I love that. And something else that I love, and I'd love you to speak a little bit more into this as well, is that you tried different things. 
things that um you know as you said google ads and, and and obviously facebook wasn't there at the time and how often i think as business owners or maybe it's just me we try something it doesn't work and we go oh you know what i'm a failure but in actual fact that's just part of being an entrepreneur so finding out what way works and then double downing you know or or really making sure that you focus on that what was the time frame because sometimes again we don't give ourselves enough grace or space to be able to try some of those things so we can tweak and find a way that really works so what was that time frame that you were trying different things yeah you know i definitely would say the first two years i feel like we were dabbling with any sort of marketing you know Mm. with our business we have the product and we have the messaging but it's just how do we get it out into the marketplace and so we did a lot with salons and chiropractors and brick and mortars Um, we kind of went door to door. We worked at expos, we, you know, health and wellness things. And so there was a lot of ways that we could get, get our message out there. And because Brandon, my husband was already a tech guy. Um, he was already someone who understood and got excited about working online. Mm. He figured out, um, Google and we ranked on Google and he was bringing in leads left and right. And, and really at that time we were like, this is our thing. (laughs) And so we doubled down there and, and created content uh, for the internets to find us. And then I spent a lot of time. uh, And what's cool about that is when you've got those leads coming in, Mm. then I got to practice my sales message as well. So Mm. now I think a lot of times, if you think about your business, there's generating leads, bringing new people in, but then there's also the sales process and closing. And so because Brandon figured out a way to bring in a lot of potential leads for us, I got to then practice closing and following up and developing rapport and and the whole sales process as well. Yeah. That what you've just shared there, I think, is is gold in that, you know, so often in business we're struggling to find new leads and all of the energy is put into that. And then when the leads are infrequent and we're having sales conversations, we don't realize that we actually need to be having more conversations because the people who are ready to say yes are just a small portion of the mass market. So if we're only speaking to one or two people every couple of weeks, it's very hard to to build that momentum and where this beautifully aligns to what you were sharing or one of the points that you were sharing to connect with your inner passions and strengths to build the best team which is what you and your husband um, have done and continue to do so am I correct in assuming that that is really where you're finding in your particular business that works really well is the online space and and the content and, and Google is that really sort of where you're still getting a lot of your consistent leads yeah it is and then when facebook came around we certainly were able to transfer some of those skills into facebook Mm. ads and redirecting and things like that and so we do get a lot of our our lead generation still through social media and so brandon kind of was in his wheelhouse and i was in my wheelhouse because i love to help people get better and I was working with people that wanted something different, but didn't know how, and they were scared. And so I was able to transfer my psych skills right within my team. And then what's really special about even the new distributors that were on my team is I got to help them identify their strengths. Mm. And then within the organization, some people would love to talk about products. Some people love to talk about how to make money. 
some people love to welcome, you know, at the guests at a party or mm -hmm. at an event. And so we were able to hone in on those who were within our organization, some of their strengths and give them a place and a seat at the table. Yes. And I think because of some of that cultivation, um, it really created a loyalty. It created a really fun culture where people felt like they were valued and contributing. Yeah. I think that segues beautifully into what you're talking about when you say how to get the best of you out of your team. It's to really help them recognize where their strengths lie. If you think back to the team members that you have been able to nurture and support and get the best out of, would you find that typically a lot of people aren't aware what their unique gifts and strengths are? Would you say yeah. that, have you found that? Yeah, well, and I know I didn't either because I thought everyone thought the way I do. <laughs> I thought everybody loved the things I love. And so I didn't take them as seriously. Yeah. And I noticed that most people don't. They think that everybody thinks that way. And so they don't honor the gifts that they have mm. until someone says, ooh, this is really special. Good job. And can you do more of that here? Mm -hmm. And I think that that created a space where they were thriving and their gifts were being used. And we all want to be of service. You know, we want to know that we're important and people will notice if we're not there. And so I think creating that strength-based culture allowed for number one, to people to fill in the gaps, you know, mm. cause I'm not good at all of it. And so to have, have leaders rise up and take a piece of it where we could all thrive was really special. And then they really felt like they were a part of something bigger than themselves. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I know that has to be in place when you're looking from a, a company, an organization, particularly when you've got a number of business partners who sit at the boardroom table. And in this instance, of course, your husband uh, and, and yourself, um, there, I would imagine that there have been some things that you've really had to, to sort out, you know, where, where are you in charge of? Where am I? in charge of and then when we're at home you know where's the fine line because I'm sure there's a mother mum and dad teams who are either in business or, or maybe in the direct marketing as well in their own business what are some of the the hints the insights and the hindsight that you've learned that have really helped you continue to build that strong unity in 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 the partnership in your business yeah yeah it's funny because when you love what you do you could do it all day yeah. <laughs> talk about it all day at dinner and at night you know mm. you were so we certainly were in that zone for quite a while where this we lived and breathed it and mm. it and we would take, go to dinner and we'd talk about it and we'd get napkins we'd write things out and we'd brainstorm and all that stuff um but then when we we did have a family and we were actually able to quit our full-time jobs before we had our two boys which was really special because our boys have only known to work from home parents. Mm. Um, but then we had to figure out how to turn it on and how to turn it off and how to just relax and be, and yeah. also how to ask for help mm -hmm. because there's a season where you really can be a solopreneur and you really can work 24 seven. And then all of a sudden you can't anymore. Yes. <laughs> and so we had to identify those roles and, and I had to ask for help for pieces in my part of the business and Brandon mm -hmm. got help for pieces of his. And so I think the biggest thing I learned throughout those years um, was number one, I'm not like my mom. Um, mm -hmm. I think at the beginning, I thought I had to make dinner every night. And, you know, my mom was a stay at home mom and mm -hmm. I love that. But I realized she was not building a multi-million dollar organization. So mm -hmm. it was going to look different. And it was yes. okay if I had help at home and it was okay if I had help with cleaning or 
cooking or whatever it was so that I could keep my head on straight. So I had to kind of get over the superwoman thing mm -hmm. where I could do it all because I realized I wasn't doing any of it well. So I asked for help. And then with Brandon and I, we really figured out our calendar. You know, there were work times and there were play times. And I feel like when you honor that calendar and you and you you have it planned out in such a way, then when I'm working, I can be working. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to worry or be shooting on myself like I should be with my kids and, you know, all of those things. Yes. Because I know there's a time for that too. And, mm -hmm. and when I'm with my boys, I don't have to think, oh, I should be working or all of the guilt things that can happen. So we we asked for help, we outsourced what didn't need to be us and mm -hmm. got control of our calendar and stuck with it. So then we could really work to be fully present yes. wherever we were. Yeah, and I think studies have shown, I can't quote them, but uh, you know, studies will show if, if you look it up in Google, I'm sure there's lots of articles that when you are able to put your complete focus on a specific activity, you're far more productive because you're not constantly being distracted and we can often be distracted with the thoughts that are going through our minds thinking I really should be doing this there's a pile of ironing that needs to be done what am I cooking for dinner to all of those things and we know if they're handled by someone else then we can focus fully on that I love that you mentioned too about um, you know creating a community that which is the gel of an organization incorporated as part of that is core team members that are supporting you. What are some things that you put into place to ensure that you could attract and find the right people? Because I think, again, as business owners, we can sometimes hire people who are not a really a good fit, don't have similar values as us. And so we want to make sure that we have that in place as well. So what are some things that you've learned and that we can apply to to help us? I, I always think, well, I've learned it the hard way. <laughs> and we often do. Um, I know, goodness. I think a couple of things I've learned is really know what you want um, mm. because wanting help isn't quite good enough yeah. um, and people don't read our minds. So I've really learned to get clear, write a list, brain dump everything mm. and then see what what it needs to be you and like what needs to be your face, what needs to be your voice, what needs to be your presence and what can someone help you with? What yes. can someone support you with? And so then uh, once I got clear on what what needed to be me, I need to do the trainings. I'm doing the Zooms. I'm doing the follow-ups. I'm doing, mm -hmm. but I don't need to be doing the posting. I don't need to be doing emails. I don't need to be doing some of those kinds of things. Um, generating reports and sending contest prizes out and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had to get really clear on what I needed help with. Yes. So then I had to kind of brain dump even those categories even more detailed and you know we we have had uh, the blessing of having family help us mm. so we've had our my sister-in-law and her fiance um, help us for about seven years and then we had help with the with the home with our home um going to like care.com which is here in the states finding yeah. nannies and using our church as a referral source but I think the biggest thing was really getting clear on what I wanted and not um, just taking the first person even yes. when you think of designers and Upwork and Fiverr and like you need to be very specific on what you're looking for so you get exactly what you want back yes. rather than just kind of 
Yeah, well, you know, that's so important price. too, particularly if you are tapping into family, because if you suddenly realize that the family member that you have allowed into your business is not a good fit, it can be quite awkward having that conversation, particularly when you need to go and see them at special occasions like Christmas. And even if they go to the same church that you worship at too. Uh, so that that is so key. With the tools that we have uh, at our fingertips, I mean, we're speaking um you know, from opposite side of the world with Zoom, and you mentioned Zoom yourself too. I think a lot of businesses are still, even though that some of these tools have been around for quite some time, they're not leveraging them as much as they can because they're a little bit f- afraid of that. And as you said, Brandon, your husband has expertise in, in technology. So for you, it's been, a, I would imagine, quite um, simple. Well, you know, effectively adopting that. What are some of the tools that you see are working really well for businesses that even are part of your team as well that they're leveraging? We use social media um, Mm. every day, you know, Instagram, Instagram stories are working really well, Facebook, Facebook stories, and then YouTube, you know, YouTube is a searchable platform. So you think of it as a a Google search. What would people search to find a company that you have? And then you can create videos surrounding those topics. And the goal is to get ranked even there. Uh, And so I feel like there's so many ways these days to, to get your message out to the people who are looking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook ads have changed the name of the game for us too. I mean, we're consistently, I mean, we really are signing up customers, distributors and generating leads in our sleep because of some of the resources that are out there. And then we can bridge the gap through Zooms just like this, uh, through podcasting. I have my own podcast Mm -hmm. as well, going live on Facebook. So people really get to like know and trust you. Mm -hmm. And, And there's, I mean, all of that you can, I can do with my boys around. I mean, it really is the best of both worlds being an engaged mom, um, but also being able to build a worldwide organization Mm -hmm. is, is like, it's it's such a, it's so special. You know, I I get so excited about that because I think 10 years ago, I never would have imagined. No, I mean, the the tools that we have at our fingertips and we think about, you know, our our, often our smartphones, our video cameras, audio, capture audios, great camera quality as well, which previously we would have had to invest, you know, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars to be able to do now. uh, Budget wise, you know, it can, it is quite, is not as prohibitive as it may have been. Share a little bit more about some of the ways that you're storytelling because these tools allow us to capture our message and share that. But I think some businesses struggle with, well, what sort of message should I share that I'm not overly promoting? Because as we know, as consumers, we don't like being spoken to or sold to, but there's a unique way that we can share a message that someone sees or watches it and says, I need that and therefore will rush off to, to find out more so what are you doing that's really captured that that essence and that ability to have a message across different platforms that's really engaging yeah the great question because i think storytelling is an art form and Mm. and what's really fun is your story doesn't change so you can just hone in on how to tell it better and better and better and so I'll, i'll share two examples one is for the business which is really my personal story. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a clinical psychologist. I was bored out of my mind. I wanted to help people, but I felt so stuck. I didn't know what to do. And then 
Mm. <laughs> and then the pivot. And so I think with the, the first part of the story, you're always identifying with the struggle, right? Because people will identify with the struggle far more than they identify with the success. Yes. So the struggle. So what is it about the struggle? What didn't you love about where you were? You know, is it, is it time freedom? Was it, was it burnout? Was it, you know, feeling stuck? What, what was it that made you go, mm, can't stay here anymore? Mm. And then the pivot is why you started your business, uh, why you got into what you're doing now. And then the solution, right, is always next. So now I can build a worldwide organization from my smartphone in, in the front yard while my kids are riding bikes. And oh my goodness, what a blessing mm -hmm. to have the best of both worlds. And so you're taking people on a journey through your story. Now, I'm also creating personal development products, and that's a little bit different because mm -hmm. It's not, um, I mean, it, you know, just if you've got a physical brick and mortar or if you're selling stuff on Amazon, or it's a little bit different. So for those types of uh, products, I would still tell my story yes. and I would say, this is my struggle until I learned these skills. Mm -hmm. And now I can't wait to teach you these skills too. Or this was my struggle until I found this product. Or this was my struggle until, and you're taking people on a journey because the goal, right, is that they identify with your struggle and then they then they go, ooh, I need mm. that solution. Yes. I think that, and, and one of the reasons that people struggle is they haven't captured their story and they're not comfortable. It's, again, it's similar to our strengths. We don't recognize our strengths. We don't recognize the insights and the golden nuggets that we can impart to others through our story. And once we realize that and do a bit of a mind map, as you said, about the, the various things that you've struggled with, there are so many different lessons that we can dive deeper into that we can make relevant, shape that has relevance to a specific situation. I'm sure now that you find that you can capture aspects of your story share a little bit that's relevant to the situation that's going on now and and platform that you're sharing it on would you say that's true yeah and i think what's what's cool is you can take different strands of your story mm -hmm. you know um you know, I, a piece of it, my story could be, I always wanted to be a stay at home mom, but I'm a goal getter. And mm. I knew I needed my own passion too. Yes. And now, you know what I mean? So yep. there's strands of it that you can really develop and, and you never know what's going to hit different types of people. So that's why sharing your story in different ways can mm -hmm. be really helpful because somebody is going to relate to something that you say. Yeah. I would imagine over the time, uh, you know, this in this similar to trying different aspects over those two years to say, to see which one's working really well and we should really focus our attention on. Similarly, with sharing message, share it across uh, different platforms, but also different ways of, of, you know, different threads of your story. See which one gets a lot of feedback and then continue to focus a little bit more on on that particular uh, aspect I would love you to speak into when you think back to how you first started sharing your story to what you're now saying yeah. different or, or evolved <laughs> how, how does that look oh um the first time I was asked to share my story in a bigger meeting um it was eight years ago maybe I think yeah I was pre I was pregnant with my son and he's mm. eight so over eight years ago and I wrote it down um, well, I typed it up, I printed it off and I read it. Mm -hmm. And then I sat down and I go, well, that was my first time. Can't get any worse than that. <laughs> 
And I think mm -hmm. that writing it down that first time was really important because that was kind of my mind map that said, mm -hmm. what is my story? I just know I said yes and started trying stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. I, what is my story? And so I was able to think back and what really um, stirred in me to say yes. And why did I keep going when it was hard and things like that? Mm -hmm. And, and so the more I said it, the more I connect, like I got to hear feedback from people Yeah. and, and then I got to hear what did they connect with the most. And then I said those things more. Yeah. And now my whole team probably knows my story just as much as I do because I say it all the time. The time. Yeah. And, and, and the goal right is that they can then create their own stories and duplicate yes. that. But I think we all have a first time. And then the goal is to do it enough where you can really learn mm -hmm. what, is the best pieces that connect with people. So then you can, like we mentioned earlier, double down on that. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I'll sh obviously give you an opportunity to share how people can connect with you because I'm sure they'll be able to see how you're sharing your story. And why I ask that is so often as women in business, we don't share our story till it is perfect. Well, guess what? It will never be perfect because you will say it and then you will tweak it and it'll evolve and someone will go, wow, that's uh, that's just exactly what I'm struggling with too. And it continues to evolve. And I think what, what really does also evolve is the confidence that you have that grows inside you when you share your story because you know doing so is going to impact and influence many others who may be struggling uh, with a similar thing that you struggled with and don't yet know how to you know the steps to overcome that and that things can be different it's just a matter of them you know making the decision and saying you know what I'm going to pivot as as well it's been so wonderful to speak with you Denise share a little bit more about your business we've been speaking over it a little bit but feel free to share what is that and of course how can people connect with you yeah absolutely thanks so much for having me I I love talking about this because I think oftentimes we feel like we have to choose do mm. we we have to choose our family or work and we feel like we're being pulled in all of these directions and I really do believe we can thrive in all areas at the same time um, and so the business that I've been a part of for 12 years is called It Works. We have the Ultimate Body Applicator, which is our main sizzle product, and then health and wellness products as well. And then after we hit the top of our company back in 2015, um, people started asking me, Denise, what do you do? If I were a fly on your wall, what do you do? Tell me what to do. And of course, I thought what do I do? And I had to reverse engineer it a bit and think, what have I done this over the past decade percent, right? And, and so then I started creating some materials that would help people within my team because um, I can only do so many coaching calls a day, right? Mm. And then beyond because I realized not everybody wants to join an at-home business, but like Everybody can benefit from this type of material. So yeah. I have Design Your Dream Life, which is a workbook that kind of takes you through. Uh, I call it the Dream Life Pathway, which is your head, your heart, your feet, and then freedom of mm. and any invisible tethers that are holding you to the past. And there's work uh, workshops or, um, or um, exercises within yeah. it to take you on a journey. So yeah. by the end of that book, you'll be very clear and excited about what it is you want next. Fantastic. And then I've created two journals uh, that are your morning routine to keep you excited and in the game and focused on those goals. 
And so you can go to denisewalsh.com to learn more about all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it feels like, you know, when you, you've learned things, you're like, everybody needs to know. I want to yes. shout from the mountaintop. This is so much fun. <laughs> and so I know whatever stage of your business or your life you're at, all of all of these tools will be helpful. Yeah. And you certainly have. You've gone and, and shared that. And so often um, the things that we do and how we've we've um, gotten there, the steps that we've taken, and also the mindset that, that is behind that. Because, and I'm sure you'd agree, uh, strategy and, and the steps will only take you so far a lot has to do with the mindset and whether you believe that it is true and staying firm even in the midst of challenges and obstacles I think is important I'm sure you've captured all of that in um, those wonderful resources so the links will be on the show notes once again thank you so much for coming on the show it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today nice to meet you thank you so much for having me You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini trading. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.